I feel comfortable enough with how I meet my dog's needs already that I don't feel the need to do more. Welcome to the With a Dog podcast, the podcast for the modern dog parent. I'm your host, Carly, and every Wednesday I bring on pet professionals or some fellow dog parents, and we laugh, learn, and commiserate about everything from the confusing vet visits to dog park etiquette to the 2 a.m. potty breaks. Essentially, life with a dog. Good morning, Seattle! I don't know why I just did that. It it may have something to do with a sun lamp that I just bought that is blaring into my eyes right now. It's one of those lamps to like emulate sunlight and help your circadian rhythm and everything because Seattle <laughs> Seattle is gloomy, guys, and I am just trying to stave off any seasonal depression that I can. Honestly, I don't know why I haven't bought one of these lamps sooner considering I've been living in the Pacific Northwest or like a rainy climate for the last 10 years of my life. I think regular depression is is enough to deal with. I don't need the seasonal one <laughs> as well. But the reason I bought this right now, this sun lamp, is because I realized with my leg injury, you know, at, since I haven't been walking the dogs, I haven't been getting outside very much. I'm able to run errands and like drive and all that kind of stuff on my own now, now that I'm off of crutches. But I'm I'm just not outside, like taking in regular sunlight during regular daylight hours. And I have not been sleeping well at all. Like I think if I actively made myself go to bed and was like really soothing, like put on music and like dim the lights and no screens and all that kind of stuff, I could probably could fall asleep. But it's like my brain just won't let me. Like it's actively making the decision to be like, no, we're going to pull an all-nighter. So that's probably like more of a, a different mental health <laughs> diagnosis. <laughs> but anyway, so the point is I got the sun lamp to help me get back into a circadian rhythm. So hopefully my brain and my body will just go to sleep when I want it to and wake up when I want it to. And I can start getting back into a, a better rhythm and better routine now that uh, my Achilles is healing up and I will be getting my boot off in about two weeks. So very exciting. I've been going to my physical therapy and <laughs> guys, it is so demoralizing. I know I'm not the only person to have gone to physical therapy ever, but the fact that my legs are like shaking just doing a squat is just so depressing. It's just so because you know me, I I like to be active. I'm I'm not saying that I'm in the best shape in the world, but I pride myself on being fairly athletic. And the fact that I am in there doing these exercises and my calf is like shaking and I'm like sweating from five body weight squats is it's not helping my uh, self confidence to say the least. And on that note, I wanted to add in almost like a new segment: things that have been on my mind lately. So it's similar to those life episodes that I was doing last month, but I just want to like ping them. Like I just want to put them in the podcast of this is what I've been thinking about lately. One is diet culture um, because your girl's ass is fat right now. <laughs> it is so fat. It's fine. It's been the holidays. I haven't been able to exercise. Well, okay. 
I haven't been able to exercise in the way I enjoy for the last eight weeks because of the Achilles surgery. I mean, I could have, you know, I could have been doing like upper body or like I could have been doing something, but there's only so many like bicep curls that you can do before you're like, this is bullshit. So I haven't been working out. It's been the holidays and we know Dog Zaddy is a great caretaker while I was recovering and like when I couldn't get in the kitchen and cook and stuff. Uh, But you know, he's not making me like healthy balanced salads or anything. But I was just thinking about diet culture in relation to that and just I'm not going to go into it. Maybe I'll do an actual like little episode on it or something with some more research. But I was just thinking it's kind of cool that I can be like my ass is fat and I'm out of shape but still be okay with it and how that would not – that's not how the narrative would have played in my mind prior to you know maybe five or less years ago. Like I that wouldn't have been a point of pride because of how we expect women's bodies to look. Anyway, so diet culture has been on my mind, um, what social media means to me and like the the issues I see with social media, but also how it helps my life. I've been kind of thinking about that too. The happiness of older women. Oh my gosh. I've been loving seeing older women express happiness. And so by older, I mean maybe anyone like 45 and above, which is not ancient. Like I'm not saying like they're old, but I just mean that we have this narrative in society, which I've talked about before of like, you turn 30 and therefore you're a mom and then you're a grandma and that's all your life is. And a lot of female celebrities have been breaking that stigma, talking out more about like lessons they've learned when they were younger, why they think that they're in the best era of their life, even though they're in their 50s and 60s. And I just, I've been really enjoying like watching that, you know, Jennifer Coolidge, who's an actress I've always loved. She's in my favorite movie called Austin Land. And Dogs Addie and I quote that movie like every day. <laughs> and mainly her lines. Um, Emma Thompson had a really great interview a while ago. Jennifer Aniston. I don't know. Just oh, and, and then a lot of them, especially at the Golden Globes recently. It was so cool to see so many older women just killing it, getting nominated, getting awards. And, and just saying like, yeah, I've been in this game for 40 years and it's really cool to be up here and I deserve to be up here. And anyway, that's another thing that's been sparking joy for me to just see. And then otherwise, it's, it's been rough. Um, in the last couple weeks, I'm, I'm kind of over my anxiety, depression, stress, whatever with my Achilles surgery. Like I feel like there's a light out of, at the end of the tunnel with that. But there's been other stuff happening in my life that I'm not going to go into right now. Some health issues, you know, with family members. There's There's been senior dog things, which I'm sure many of you know what I'm talking about, but I'm not going to get into quite yet. Um, there's just been some stuff um, that's that's made it hard to, like, kind of get through the day and, and to be happy. I know I sound really happy and upbeat right now, but I just took two espresso shots and I have this sun lamp in my face and I'm trying to to be upbeat for you guys to produce good content and and because that's what you deserve. But also, you know, there's some stuff going on in the background that uh, is hard. I will say, though, for anyone freaks out, like, I am fine. My dogs are all good and stuff. Um, but, you know, friends, parents passing away, 
you know, friends, dogs passing away, things like that, that um, I will get to at a later date, basically. But it, it's been it's been hard to see in the world, I guess, is what it is. Like, it's been hard to just see, um, even though it's not like directly affecting me necessarily. But on that note, if you are a exclusive subscriber to the exclusive episodes with Charlotte and Ashley. They are still coming out this month. They're just going to be a little late for obvious reasons. If you follow Charlotte, you know why. But I'm not going to go into everything because I, I'm going to let Charlotte talk about everything on a future episode. I, I'm sounding really cagey and mysterious right now. We're going <laughs> to we're gonna move on. But I'm just saying, um, yeah, those are things that have been on my mind. That's what's been going on. I have a with a dog win to share really quickly before we get into everything. And that is that we got Albus a dog walker. So Dog Zaddy has been walking both dogs for the last six weeks. And God bless him because they both need – they can be walked together, but they kind of need different types of exercise. And it gets harder to manage both of them, you know, because Lupin is a senior dog. He still needs a good amount of, of exercise, but it's different than the type of exercise Albie needs. Albie – is getting a little chunky over the last few <laughs> weeks here with this kind of altered exercise schedule. So so we decided to get him a dog walker just to relieve some of the stress from dog zad and because Albie, you know, needs some different types of exercise at the moment. So we just have him until March, this dog walker. And I found him on rover.com. You guys know I've I've used Rover before and and have enjoyed it and I've I've done a lot of dog sitting myself on Rover. Albie is a very easy dog to walk. He just like he's he's pretty good on leash. He's happy to go wherever you want, unlike Lupin. So I was fine getting just someone off Rover, like a, a local neighborhood person to just pick him up twice a week. And so that's what we did. We found a very kind older gentleman who used to be an uh, endurance distance runner and now in his older years, walks dogs for a living, has kind of created the business out of it. And guys, he is, <laughs> it's a win because we've gotten a dog walker, like we've taken some stress off of us. But it's also a win because this man is so sweet and so kind. And <laughs> and he is Benoit Blanc, basically. If, if you guys have watched Knives Out or Glass Onion, highly recommend both but it's daniel craig's character in that it's he's supposed to be like a like a, a southern gay gentleman who's a detective and this man our dog walker <laughs> i don't think he'll ever listen to this um so hopefully he's not offended by this comparison but like he is he has the same accent basically and he's just so sweet and he's just so he calls him albie instead of albie he's like oh albie do great today and he has this like real i'm not going to do the accent but it it's just it sparks joy basically i just get the biggest smile on my face when he comes by and picks albus up and of course dog zaddy and i call him benoit like oh is it time for albie's walk with benoit today um <laughs> Which, as I said, I don't know if uh, this gentleman would appreciate the comparison or not, but it, it sparks joy. And so that's my with a dog win for the week. It's been working out really well. I will keep you updated on Albie's excursions. But moving on to the topic for this week's episode, I have made a lot of allusions or 
I've called myself this quite a few times on the podcast, but have never really talked about what that means to me. I've always kind of used it as an excuse or as an explanation for something. So I call myself a low-effort dog mom. And so I thought today I would do a little episode explaining why I choose that lifestyle, like that naming of myself, what that means to me, and certain things that I do to perpetuate kind of that title that I've given myself. So first things first, I think when I say low effort dog mom, I don't necessarily mean low budget or negligent. So I want to make that clear. When I say low effort dog mom, I don't want it to make it sound like, oh, I don't care about them and they're fine. There's no part of low effort that is negligent. I would think more of it as like extremely efficient and personalized dog mom lifestyle. So it's kind of like, how can you have the lowest effort with the highest impact? And that's that's my aim um, really for everything in life, to be honest. It's more of a personality trait, I think, of me than a active way of life that I've chosen. But now that I've identified it, I was able to see why I'm low effort and and what I do to keep that low effort, high impact. I have a little list that I'm going to go through of things that I've identified. First one is don't spend money on your dogs. And I know you may be like, Carly, you just said that that doesn't mean, you know, low impact doesn't mean low budget. And so what I mean is don't spend extra money on your dogs. I have talked many times in the past about how I spend a lot of money on Lupin's medical care and medication and allergy, blah, 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 everything. So I spend a lot of money on them as far as like their actual care. You know, I've got pet insurance that I pay every month, got vet bills. They're in the vet consistently for their regular checkups, Lupin even more so since he's a senior dog. Lupin's in there probably every four months. Albie doesn't really have too many issues. So he's just gets his like yearly visit as of right now. So it's not to say that it's low budget, but I don't spend any extra money on them that I don't really have to. First example of that is products, collars, leashes, harnesses, toys, enrichment products, extra treats, ear cleaning, mouthwash, blah, blah, blah. Like there's so many extra products that you can buy for your dog that is available out there. And I am the first one to tell you that I don't do any of that. I do not buy treats for my dogs. The only way we get extra treats is if we get gifted them from some, you know, like dog event or something that I go to, or if I'm trying them out because I want to interview the company on the podcast. This kind of started with Lupin's allergies. Like he had so many food allergies that there were just many treats out there that I couldn't give him. And then it turned into why give them extra treats. I don't give them anything besides their kibble and like some apples or carrots maybe if I happen to have some on hand. My dogs do not need anything additional to what their food gives them right now and their medication, you know, like joint supplements and stuff for Lupin as he's getting older. I do buy one treat. I'm going to backtrack. I do buy one treat. It's a lamb lung that we get from like the local pet's food store. There's like a big barrel of it. It's super cheap. And that is their one high value treat that they have in the house. Otherwise, nothing. The reason for that is because honestly, like they don't need it. Unless I'm doing active training for them, then I need something high value. And then I will bring out the lamb lung. That's it. 
And it's cheap, as I said. Like, I don't want bags of treats around of, like, specialty beef liver. Da, da, da. Like, I do not care about any of that. I don't buy it. I know a lot of people may be like, oh, no, they need their their treats and, like, it's a special treat for them. Like, hence the name. It's a special little gift, like dessert kind of thing. If you want to give it to your dog, fine. But part of the low effort is I don't buy any extra foods for them. They're perfectly happy getting tossed a french fry or a piece of kibble or a chunk of apple every once in a while. The reason this works so well is, one, it keeps everyone's calories under control. It keeps Lupin's allergies under control. And when they do happen to get that piece of apple or the lamb lung or whatever, they get excited. Like it is truly a high value thing for them because it is something different. And part of that also, moving away from treats, is extra supplements. I don't give them any extra supplements unless it's something that I know for a fact that they need for whatever health issue. So Lupin, as he's getting older, and and even Albie, Albie's seven now, they're both on a joint supplement. They get their Cosequin that we get from Costco. They get it as their nighttime treat before they go to bed. And then Lupin also occasionally, I haven't done it in a while, takes the Myos supplement, which is for muscle um, atrophy, like his muscle atrophy as he's gotten older. Don't give that to Albie, just Lupin. And that's it. And there's so many products out there that are supplements for dogs that say, oh, does your dog have allergies? Give them this chewy thing and it's going to help them forever. And did you know that dogs need greens? They probably need this, you know, greens topper that you have to spend an extra 60 bucks on a month or whatever. Like there's so many different companies out there that are going to try to sell you something for your dog telling you that you need it. And as a consumer, you are going to be like, well, I love my dog. This marketing thing says, if I love them, I give them this extra greens supplement. No, their food should be giving them everything they need unless their doctor, their vet says otherwise, unless maybe they're a puppy, they're a high endurance, you know, agility athlete or they're senior. But otherwise, if you have them on a good food, there's no reason to supplement with anything. And so that's the low effort part is I don't spend extra money on treats, supplements or products for their bodies. Um, you know, there's also a lot of things out there that are get this brush for this reason and this brush for another reason. And you need to bathe them every m week in this type of shampoo. And oh, their paws are looking a little rough. Put this balm on them, etc. And it's very easy to look at all that and be like, well, in my bathroom cabinet, I also have 10 shampoos and three different lotions and two different hair brushes for how my hair is behaving that day. So you kind of anthropomorphize your dog and you're like, they also need all these products. Unless they have specific needs, as in like they're a, you know, maybe a longer hair dog that needs to be groomed really regularly. They're constantly hiking and their paw pads get, you know, a little bit more torn up, anything like that. Maybe then, you know, you buy that one extra supplement for them or that one extra product for them. But other than that, like, I'm sorry, but I just don't think that they need all the extra products to take care of their body unless there is like an obvious glaring, your dog's fur is matted, you need to get this type of brush or something like that. So that's products, supplements, food, treats. Next, don't spend extra money on enrichment slash toys. 
I think I'm moderate in the amount of enrichment I do for the dogs. And so I do have a few dog food like puzzle toys for them. And I have a couple topples and I will not buy anything further than that. I don't care if a new one comes out until these ones are completely shredded and not usable anymore. I'm not buying more. Even so, even though I do have these puzzles and the topples, more often than not, I just end up doing DIY things. I will just take a handful of kibble, throw them around the living room and say, go find it. And that's that's their enrichment. That's their dinner or their snack or whatever. Just take the handful and toss it. And they have to use their nose to sniff it out you know, as it rolls under the couch or is in the corner or whatever. I do that like three times in a row. They find it all. They're tired from sniffing. And there we go. They're enriched. And so this is what I mean by low effort, high impact. It is the lowest effort for me to just grab a kibble out of the bag and throw it <laughs> into the room <laughs> and then stand there while they while they sniff it out. It's not me filling a puzzle toy or freezing stuff ahead of time. I'm not putting a lot of effort into their enrichment, but it still has high impact. It keeps them occupied for probably around 30 minutes if I do a couple of handfuls. They're tired at the end of it because they just use their sniffer for almost 30 minutes and they're fed too. Great. That was dinner. Speaking more on DIY things, a lot of times if I have like a box, you know, Amazon, um, maybe like box out of the freezer or something like a frozen pizza or whatever, toss like five kibbles in there, close the box up, throw it in my office, close Albie in there. Albie loves a cardboard box. He loves to tear up a cardboard box, especially if there's food inside. It's a thing that I was going to recycle anyway. It was something that was just in my hand. And I'm like, huh, I could either toss this in the recycling or I could give it to my dog and get him entertained for 10 minutes. And he loves it. Like he loves it. And so that's another reason that I don't buy many toys for them. Lupin doesn't really play with toys too much. Albus does like toys. Fortunately, he doesn't really tear them apart unless it's the cardboard box. Eventually, he will kind of rip a toy, but usually he's had it for quite a few months. And honestly, I just hand it over to my mother-in-law and have her stitch it back up. And then I bring the toy back from him because I'm not buying another one. And also because he enjoys the cardboard boxes just as much. Or what I sometimes do if I'm like, if I have a, a t-shirt that's just like really gross, I've had for you know, 20 years or whatever, and I'm going to goodwill it. Sometimes I'll just tie it in a bunch of knots or even like put some kibbles in those knots and just give it to him and he'll rip it apart just like a toy and he'll be entertained. It's like, well, I was either going to throw this thing away or turn it into rags myself. Here, Albie, you can use it as a toy. So if you're kind of getting the the message here, it's a little bit of a staying away from the consumerism that can be dog parent life. It's very easy to spend money on your dogs. There's so many different products out there. And for me, being low effort is not spending extra money on them and not going out to go buy those things and, and research the company and spend the money on something that they would be equally happy with if I did stuff around the house. So another trick, which you guys have probably seen online, is like putting some kibbles in a dish towel and rolling it up and tying it in a knot. I do that for them a lot too. Because Albie's more of a, of a, he likes to tear things apart and, and use his paws. Lupin doesn't really like that. He likes to just do sniffing and maybe some chewing. So you're still able to cater this different enrichment in a very low effort, imp high impact way without spending money on 
new puzzle toys and new treats that are made specifically to, you know, fit inside this one Kong or this one thing. That's my low effort ideology about products. Also on that note, not buying any extra products that goes for Christmas and their birthdays and just all holidays as well. On social media, you will see people throwing birthday parties for their dogs and there's, you know, bones and cupcake toys and like all these things, which is great. Like if it sparks joy for you, do it. And that goes for everything. I would like to say everything I'm saying, if if you want to do this as a dog parent, if you want to go to that extra step, then go for it. I'm just telling you how I maintain that low effort lifestyle. The stocking stuffers they get is something that I think they need. So it's not bags of treats or a special bone for Christmas Day or anything like that. Personally, if if they get a Christmas gift, it's probably something that I'm like, I really want this high quality leash for them. I'm going to buy that. Like that's going to be their gift, which is honestly really just a gift for me. Or maybe here I'll get this toy because I haven't bought them a toy in a year because I, as I said, I do the DIY stuff. So what I'm saying is I'm not making excuses to purchase things for no reason, to spend money for no reason, really. That's how I see it in my mind. The birthday parties, the stocking stuffers, the Christmas, even like St. Patrick's Day, you know, you want to post a cute little Instagram and they need a little leprechaun hat or something. I will sometimes do that. I will buy something and then I will use that leprechaun hat every single St. Patrick's Day for the rest of their life. (laughs) So the bunny ears that I have for Lupin, we've had for five years because I just keep it put it away when I'm not using it. And if I want to take that little Easter picture again, the next year, I pull out the same bunny ears, plop them on his head, take a picture and then put it away again. So I'm not buying like a new thing every year. All of this is catered, of course, to my dogs. If you have a dog who loves toys and and you can see that it makes them so happy to get this new toy or something, then of course, do whatever you want. Like, do it how you want. My guys, they are perfectly happy. Either a brand new, you know, $20 super chewer, super fluffy toy or an old raggedy t-shirt that has some knots in it. Equal excitement. They're just as happy. Albie is just as happy with either one. So as I said, low effort, meaning I don't spend extra money on extra things for them. But high impact because they're still getting enrichment. They're still getting all of their nutritional needs met. They're still enjoying the toys, the things that I do give them. Like they're still happy. They're still fulfilled without me buying into all these different products that are available out there for dog parents. And last one on this budget thing, and I put my money where I think it needs to go. Part of that is putting it into high quality items that will last their lifetime. So some of the stuff, like I said, like the leprechaun hat, the the bunny ears, things like that. That's like a $5 thing I got off Amazon or whatever at some point, And I just pull it out, you know, whenever I need it. Other things like Albie's collar, he wears every single day and he uses that every single day of his life. That thing was very expensive, high quality leather. And I'm only going to buy him one. Part of that is low low effort thing is I am not going to buy a new collar every month, every year for him. I spent money once on this one collar, this leather collar that looks so dang good on him and was like, done. That is your collar for life. Low effort, high impact. It's got like the gold, like the brass kind of, you know, fixture with it. 
The color is perfect for his coat. He's comfortable in it. I can easily take it on and off. It's sturdy. I mean, I've had it for probably five years now. I have had no issues. Like it is just, it's easy to clean because it's the leather. Why would I buy another one? I buy products, high quality products, because I want them to aesthetically look nice. So whatever picture that I take of him, I know that I'm going to like that collar in that picture. I know that, you know, the fixtures of it matches the leash. I don't know if fixtures is the right word. The hardware. The hardware on it is going to match the leash. It's high quality in that I never am going to be worried about it ripping or breaking or another dog ruining it during play or anything like that. Easy to take on and off. Easy to clean. Done. That goes for every single item that I choose to buy for the dogs. And I think one last part of this with the the don't spend extra money that I kind of forgot to add when I was talking earlier about vet care. I will bring my dogs into the vet whenever I feel that they need it, but I do think part of low effort dog mom slash don't spend money on your dogs if they don't need it is knowing at least a little bit of first aid for your dog as well. So I'm just through my previous jobs and stuff, I have had to be first aid and CPR certified for dogs and cats. So, you know, best example, Albie tore his paw pad a few months ago and I was able to clean it up, wrap it, all of that, make sure it healed without going into the vet. I am not, make sure you hear me, I am not saying avoid taking your dog into the vet. I'm saying I think part of the low effort lifestyle is not what I was saying, like not spending extra money that you don't need to. I personally feel that there are certain things, certain symptoms that my dogs display that I know how to treat at home and feel comfortable treating at home without risking their health. And I think this would benefit other people out there if you are looking to spend a little less money on your dog, or maybe you live far away from your vet, I kind of do, that you don't want to have to make an appointment, bring them in, then bring them in again for a recheck a couple weeks later, all of those kind of things. Sometimes being able to do certain first aid slash like veterinary help at home. So of course, always do what you're comfortable with and never ever go so effort, so low effort that it's negligent, as I said earlier, but not taking them in either to the vet or like groomers, like learning how to trim nails at home, clean ears, things like that. Other people, you know, for whatever low effort lifestyle you want to do, you may say, oh my gosh, cleaning their ears at home sounds way more complicated. I would rather take them into the groomer or the vet to get those type of things done, or I would always rather take them in and make an appointment that's more convenient and low effort for me, which also fair. Like I understand that argument too. So, but for me, having what I have with my background, lower effort for me is to be able to just, when I can at home, rather than driving the 30 minutes to my vet, etc. Okay, moving on to the next one, to the next tip. That was everything about don't spend extra money. Now we're going on to training for the low effort dog mom lifestyle. I've said this many times, I'll say it again. I do not enjoy training my dogs. I don't get much satisfaction out of doing training with them. I personally can't keep a significant routine doing training with them. I'm not saying I don't do any training. When I do notice a problem, 
I will ensure to do some training to try to help that, you know, whatever behavioral issues that I'm not okay with. But I don't, it's not part of my regular repertoire in low effort dog mom life. Instead, the training I have done has been really to help with that low effort lifestyle. And that is making sure that they both have an off switch. And I know Charlotte actually talks about this a lot with her dog, Ginsburg, who she trained from a puppy. But basically, it's the fact that your dog knows when they can be, quote unquote, on, like when it's on time. So walk, enrichment, exercise, dinner time, whatever. And when is it's time to be off? So when I'm working, when we're watching TV at night, etc. I think most dogs will naturally get themselves into that routine as long as their needs are met. But many dogs also don't know the cues from you that they need to recognize now is off time. So as I said, it's not negligent. It's not me like if if my dog comes up to me and it's obvious he needs a potty break, I'm not being like, no, it's off time. Go lay down. I'm not doing that. However, if my dog comes up to me to play and it is not time to play or walk or anything, I say no. I say no, all done. Go lay down. Or maybe I'll give them like five minutes of play. Maybe I'll do five minutes of like petting or, you know, throwing that kibble onto the ground and they can sniff it out. And then I say, no, all done. Go lay down. As I said, as long as their needs are met, they have water, they've gone potty, maybe they're getting a walk in like an hour, but they they came up for attention at that time. I give them the the off switch command. Like, I'm just like, no, that's that's not happening. And, you know, many people might be like, oh, my God, that's so mean. They, they obviously need something. You're not meeting your dog's needs. Part of the low effort dog mom is I am not going to cater to them every second of every day. And I don't think it's fair f- to ask that for anyone. You know, we all love having dogs in our lives, but we also need to be able to work and go out for date night and get together with our friends and whatever without having to feel shame or guilt or annoyance that your dog is wanting something from you. So as I said, low effort dog mom, the training I do is for a low effort lifestyle as well. Um, As I said, all needs are met. They are very well exercised and enriched and stuff like that. But I, I have ensured that when I'm laying on the couch and I'm like reading or watching TV or whatever, they know that that is also their time to lay on the couch and watch TV or whatever. Or if they are feeling like they need to stretch around, move around, they know to go get their own toys and play with it or something. Or maybe they'll go wander around the house and do some sniffing around the kitchen, see if there's any crumbs. Like they they know that they can entertain themselves and they're not going to be coming to me for every single spike in their brainwave, basically. (laughs) Every single time they're like, they have a thought, they're not going to be turning to me and being like, okay, let's play. And I I think this one's kind of, it's hard to explain. It's also hard to grasp if you have either had your puppy, had a dog since they were a puppy, like they are your whole life, you're used to catering to every single one of their needs because you raise them. And I think it's also hard to grasp or um, understand the merit of if you haven't had an independent dog before. So my first dog was Lupin. You guys know I got adopted him when he was three or four years old. Very independent, stubborn hound dog. Is his bond with me very deep and significant? Yes. But for much of his life with me, he was very independent, would not follow me room to room, 
would entertain himself if he wanted. He made his needs known when he actually needed something. And then otherwise, he was like a housemate, like a roommate. He was chill. I feel like I'm I'm not describing this very well. I feel like it sounds like we just coexist and we don't have a deeper relationship than that. I just think you can have a deeper, you can have a deep bond with your dog and also still be able to coexist at moments and not need things from each other. I think also this goes back and forth. Um, You know, when they're in their off switches, I'm not going up to them and bothering them. You know, maybe I'll go up, give them a little pet, give them a little kiss or something. Or maybe if they're laying on the couch, I'll sit next to them and scroll on my phone. But I'm never thinking, oh, well, I personally am bored. What's the dog up to? Let me go bother them if they're, you know, happily napping on the couch. I don't do that. If they're in their off switch, I will leave them in that off switch until they either need something or it's time for me to need something from them, like it's time for the walk or it's time for dinner or whatever. I think I've provided many examples at this point, but basically the thought is I'm not training them to need me at every moment of the day. I'm letting them be independent from me and I'm letting myself be independent from them. And therefore, when they do actually need something or when it is time to meet some of their needs, then we're in our on switches, both of us. And all of this leads to low effort, high impact dog mom life. So the high impact is when we're on, we're on. We've got our walks, we've got our dinner, we've got our enrichment time. And when we're off, we're off. And that's the low effort part. This may not be something that everyone wants to do with their dog. You know, maybe you have a dog that is a bit more clingy or you really enjoy doing a lot of training and working with them. And or maybe they have some reactivity issues and you want them to come to you with every single one of their needs so that when you are on a walk or something and there may be something that they react to, you want them to turn to you and pay attention to you instead. So I understand that this low effort training may not be something that is for everyone or how everyone wants to live, but personally, it reduces my anxiety significantly. I think it also really reduces my dog's anxiety to a certain extent. I think they enjoy the concept that they are independent, and it kind of enriches their lives a little bit if they go search out their own, you know, like looking out the window or sniffing around the house. So I don't know. I think for me personally, it just works so well because it encourages independence in both of us and low effort on my part, which in turn gives me more energy when we are in those on modes. As I said, maybe not for everyone. You know, if you really enjoy like trick training and training a bunch of things with your dogs and stuff, like you enjoy that with them. Just like earlier with the products, if you enjoy throwing a birthday party for them and and putting things in their stocking and like going over the top with products and stuff, then like go for it. Like no judgment, you do you. But for me, low effort, high impact lifestyle, this is the type of training that works great for me to live happily with my dogs. Okay, those two were the big ones is like training for the low effort, like dog mom lifestyle and not spending extra money on them. The next few are pretty self-explanatory. I'm not going to go too deep into them. One is not keeping up with the things that you see in dog pop culture, dogstagram, like not keeping up with the Joneses, basically. There is a lot of stuff on 
social media within the pet industry that makes you feel like you should be doing more with your dog, like you should be leaning into high effort, and it makes you feel guilty or shamed or annoyed with yourself, whatever, that you don't do more with your dogs. So for instance, the talking buttons, the living in a van and driving around with your dog, the hiking or running or trick training, or even just outfits, putting your dog in outfits and taking pictures or reels of them, etc. Like there's so much out there on social media. I'm not saying any of it is bad. I'm just saying part of the low effort, high impact is picking and choosing what you would actually like to do with your dog and what your dog would actually enjoy and doing that rather than looking at dogstagram or pet industry hype and marketing and saying, I need to do all of it or I feel guilty for not doing these things with my dog. I think just going to a local coffee shop with your dog and getting them a puppuccino or something or getting them like a treat from the counter, like that's good. That's enough. Like do not feel guilted into, oh my God, I didn't do like a 10 mile hike with Fluffy today, but so-and-so did. And look, they're also traveling around in a van and it looks so amazing. And Or, oh, this person has a whole closet decorated just for their dog. And look at that wallpaper. The list goes on. There's so much out there that we see that tells us we should be putting more effort into our dogs. And I personally just don't subscribe to it. I feel comfortable enough with how I meet my dog's needs already that I don't feel the need to do more. So as I said, low effort. You know, I think it's very easy, especially if you're a first-time dog parent, especially if you are maybe in your 20s and that's when the main propaganda is just for being in your 20s. This is when you should be like going out for drinks with your friends all the time. I mean, there's so many marketing aspects around like being young in your 20s and making it like this should be the best time of your life. So that's like a whole nother conversation. But I think added on to that is oh, you're young, you're supposed to be doing fun things and you're supposed to be doing everything and seeing the whole world. And also you're supposed to be doing all these things with your dog. So I think it's really easy to fall into that trap, basically, of I'm not doing enough for my dog. Look at how much everyone else is doing. You may also be like, Carly, you're such a hypocrite. You did travel the world with Lupin in your 20s. (laughs) I just realized that as I was saying it. However, I was not doing any of the other things. Yes, I traveled around the UK with him quite a bit when we lived there. I also, at that time, was still not buying him extra treats or outfits or product. Even his food was paid for through work. So I was very low effort in all other areas. So what I'm saying is it's very easy to compare yourself to other dog parents online. And it's very easy to think that you need to do the high effort lifestyle. And I'm telling you, I don't think that's correct. I think you should choose what you would enjoy doing with your dog and what your dog would enjoy doing and do that. And then if you get tired of it, move on to the next thing. Don't try to do all of it and just to keep up with whatever is trending right now in the dog world. Next tip for low effort, high impact. If it's not broke, don't fix it. Pretty self-explanatory. I kind of covered it already with the products that I talked about earlier. If the harness that they've had for years and years is still working great and they like it and you like it, why would you buy a new one? That goes for training, 
that goes for kind of what I just said with not keeping up with people on social media. If your dog is happy and healthy, then really question why you want to make a change in their lifestyle, in their food, whatever it is. Is it because you want to try to keep up appearances? Is it because they are looking a little unhealthy? Maybe their coat isn't isn't looking good or something like that. Maybe then, yeah, it is worth adding a supplement in or talking to your vet or something like that. But if your dog is happy and healthy, there's no reason to add in more things or change up things if you don't need to. That may sound very limiting. That may sound very much like, well, what if, you know, the food they're on is good, but there is one better out there? That's true. Maybe, maybe there is something out there that's better for your dog. But I think it would be very hard to have to sample every single food out there or supplement and you won't even know if it's made a difference until years down the road. And to me, that's very high effort <laughs> and, and not something that I choose to do, knowing that they are already very healthy and happy. As I said, if there's actually like a symptom where you're like, mm, they could be healthier, then yes, definitely explore some options because at that point, whatever it is, is broken and you want to fix it. But if everything is smooth sailing and you're happy with the harness and the collar and the leash and the food that they're on and they look good and they are happy and their coat looks good, their blood work is good. Personally, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to change things unless I feel a significant reason to. So if it's not broke, don't fix it. And last but not least, for the low effort, this is um, almost more of a little for if you maybe have some ADHD like I do. It's do what you can when you can. The best example I have for that is what I was mentioning earlier about doing enrichment of just like throwing some kibble in into the living room and having them sniff it out or the cardboard box for Albus. I'm emptying, you know, I'm going through the recycling of the groceries or whatever. I happen to have a box in my hand, toss some kibble in it and throw it into the room and have Albie tear it up what you can when you can. So all of those things are not planned out 4 p.m. every day they get enrichment. If you have a dog who you really significantly feel like needs that, then go for it. My boys, as I said, they've kind of got the off switches. And so I don't meal prep enrichment every weekend or plan my life around their schedule. I do like to keep a general routine for them every day. But if there's a day where I've got some appointments or I'm really on a roll with some editing or something, their, you know, their enrichment or their walk or whatever may be pushed off a couple hours and that's totally fine. So it's kind of a a lack of schedule or a lack of planning ahead allows me to be more low effort because I'll do what I can when I can. If I happen to have that cardboard box in my hand, I'll, you know, make a little enrichment out of it right then and there. It takes me two minutes. If I happen to have more time around their dinner time. Oh yeah, like let's do a snuffle mat. Let's do some more enrichment for their dinner. This is what I mean of like low effort, high impact. For me personally, how my brain works, how my lifestyle works, not stressing myself out by being like, I need to meal prep 12 topples for this week allows me to be lower effort, but it also allows me to do those high impact enrichments when I can. It feels like no extra effort on my part because I know I have a few extra minutes or I know it's really easy. So do what you can when you can. And that also kind of goes for training as well. I know I said I don't like to train my dogs, but I do occasionally think, 
I have like 15 minutes and I have an apple slices in my hand. Hey, Albus, come here, sit, lay down, paw, wait, all of those things. Like I'll run through a little training session, but it's not something that I'm like, okay, every day at 9 a.m. we do training. Those are my best examples. All of that accumulates into me not feeling overwhelmed with sticking to a schedule for them and catering my life around them. But knowing that when I do have a couple extra minutes, I do go above and beyond and do more high impact things, but lower effort all around. Okay, guys, way longer of an episode than I intended. I really thought I would speed through these. I keep saying that for every solo episode I do. Thank you so much for sticking with me through these solo episodes. I promise guests are coming back soon. I hope you also enjoyed this low effort, high impact ideology that I've been sharing. I don't think it's really anything groundbreaking, but I do feel like it's something that's not talked about enough in the dog world. It's kind of just like taking a step back and and it's okay to be lower effort, but high impact with your dog and with your dog parent life. Tell me if you agree with these. Tell me if you're like, Carly, this is all a red flag. <laughs> I'll probably ignore you. Um, but yeah, like I still, you know, if you want to have a discussion about it, let me know. Let's let's talk in the DMs. Speaking of, go ahead and give me a follow on Instagram is with a dog podcast. I changed the TikTok. It used to be with a dog pod. Now it's the same as my personal, which is Carly with a dog. If you've been enjoying these podcasts, if you've listened to any of my podcasts all the way through and you would listen again, give me a five star rating or review on Spotify, Apple, wherever you're listening. It means a lot. It's very helpful. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for listening again. And I'll see you next week. Bye. All content on the With a Dog podcast is for informational and comedic purposes only. It should not replace professional advice, treatment, or diagnosis by a certified veterinarian, trainer, or behaviorist.